Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about why sin will never satisfy you. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. When temptation knocks on the door, it says that it's irresistible. Surely it will satisfy you. Whether we're tempted to gossip or lie or be sexually immoral or covet, Satan is going to do his best to wrap that package up well. He knows that we aren't tempted by things we hate. And so sin always looks good in the beginning. It may even seem moral. When Satan tried to tempt Jesus, he made moral appeals from scripture to make his case. We are tempted by things that look appealing when we can see the goodness in them. And when we give in to that sin, we're always convinced that this time it's going to be different. This time, uh, this is going to be the time I finally find purpose or satisfaction in it. And each and every time we will come away disappointed. The reality is that sin will not satisfy us. And the consequences are often far worse than we anticipate. It's like we're sitting at a buffet where we get to eat all the food, but we never get full, but we still gain all the weight. You know, think about it. Have you ever been tempted to do something wrong while still thinking, you know, this is going to bring such satisfaction. This is going to bring such peace to my life and my relationships. Very rarely. Sin destroys peace and joy and love. And sometimes Satan tempts us to forget that. Or we overlook the damage sin will cause because we're thinking about the temporary pleasure it will provide. But ultimately, sin will destroy our peace with other people and with God. More than that, sin destroys our peace even with ourselves. We are going to be plagued with emptiness and and that sense that something is wrong between me and God, a a sense of distance, a a sense of, of emptiness and removal. And that discomfort is caused by sin. We can't continue to say that we're in a relationship with God when we keep giving in to the tempting arguments of sin rather than the truth he gives us in the Bible. 1 John 1, uh, 3 through 7, it says, That which we have seen, that which we have heard, we declare to you, that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship was with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So first off, we can be full of joy. We don't have to be empty. We don't have to be distant from God. We can be satisfied based on what John declared. But this is what he writes next. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We can be a satisfied people, but sin takes away that satisfaction. Now, sin may give us happiness for a moment. If sin weren't at all satisfactory, we'd have a hard time selling it to ourselves. Temptation generally has a a dash of truth and enough uh, pleasure to make at least some blurry concept of consequences seem worth it. But it's built on lies. Satan wants to separate us from God, and he manipulates the truth and blurs the true outcomes of sin so that we are dragged away by our own evil desires. And to reinforce that lie, he makes us happy for a moment. That's why sin initially pleases our flesh. It draws us to walk further into sin until we feel stuck. 
And that's why we need to recognize these consequences of sin earlier rather than later. And we brought up this word flesh that we read pretty often in the scriptures. And I think it's important that we try to understand what that really means. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus says, I have to die to something to bear fruit. But I'm still walking. I'm still talking. So how do I bear fruit for God if I still seem alive? Well, Galatians 5.24 says that those who belong to Christ Jesus have in fact crucified the flesh. But what does flesh mean? It's not my skin. It's not my body. That's still here. And it can in fact be an instrument of righteousness according to Romans 6.13. And we see the answer in the kinds of works that the flesh does. The works of the flesh are things like idolatry and strife and anger and envy, according to Galatians 5, 19 through 21. These are the attitudes. They're not just immoral acts of the body. It's something that's happening in my mind too. It's waging a war on me. And the closest thing to a biblical definition of the flesh we get is in Romans 8 in verse 7. It says, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You know, the flesh is the part of me that was in rebellion to God. It's not just our bodies or even how we used to use our bodies. It goes deeper than that. It says the flesh is that old, self-reliant, faithless me. That is what died when God saved me. But how does that recognize the consequences of sin earlier rather than later? Well, because I have killed off the part of me that relied on myself, I can now have a hope in the midst of temptation. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We get help when we receive the spirit. We are freed from the pain of sin and we are strengthened not to be tempted by it again. And that's because the spirit opens our eyes to the satisfaction we can truly have in God and, and, and make that momentary happiness of sin pale in comparison. And we're going to need that help because sin never stays stagnant. Satan is always pushing. He's wanting more and more and more. And for God, it's the same. We are either moving forward in our relationship with God or we're moving backward into our old selfish flesh. There's no passive ground for Christians to stand on. We have to make a decision. But we aren't alone in this. The Spirit is calling us to walk with Him, and He can show us what true satisfaction is. Our job is just to remember that the momentary happiness of sin will never compare to that. So here's what I say we try. I'm not much for journaling or, or anything like that, but I do like post-it notes. And most of the time I use those when I'm feeling close to God, after study or after prayer. I write down things that I want to remember. But what if I wrote down on a post-it note how I felt after every sin I commit? Now, I'm not talking about that temporary buzz we get, but how do we feel after the dust settles, the pain we caused, the emptiness we felt, the disconnect from God that came as a result? We are tempted by things that aren't appealing. And I'm convinced that if I could just remember how truly unsatisfying sin is, that temptation would lose its power. I hope you'll join me in keeping that reminder of the unsatisfaction of sin 
at the front of your mind the next time you're tempted. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I'm looking forward to sitting down and studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word. And I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, whether that's YouTube or Facebook or uh, Spotify. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every single day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.